Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything that you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that's going to effortless unite your in-person and online sales into just one source of truth. You're going to be able to track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. You could connect with customers inline and online. And Shopify, it's going to help you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns. So we're talking about TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business, take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or you can use Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for battle tested solutions. Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. I say do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash headspace. That's all lowercase. So you're going to go to shopify.com slash headspace to take your retail business to the next level today. I'm going to say it one more time. Shopify.com slash headspace. Hi, my name is Dora, and this is the Sunday Scaries. So when I was younger, we moved a lot. At each new school, I had a singular goal, to make friends. I became very good at shape-shifting, So similar to how a chameleon can change its colors to suit its environment and blend in, with each move, I found it easier to blend in with my peers so I didn't stand out as much. For example, one year in high school, I was yet again new, and I wanted to fit in with the popular girls. Only problem was, all the popular girls did drugs. Well, maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but a lot of them did. Smoking weed, drinking, doing MDMA, you name it, they did it. And even though I wasn't interested in that stuff, my hesitancy wasn't quite as strong as my desire to be cool like them. So one time, when I was hanging out with some friends, I was so nervous about not fitting in that I had my brother teach me how to smoke weed without inhaling. Back then, I thought my older brother was the coolest person I had ever met. So the fact that we got to bond in this way meant the world to me. So we headed over to a nearby park and my brother demonstrated what to do when the joint was passed to me. Over-exaggerate the inhale, hold it in your mouth, do it slow and blow out smoke and cough. Newbies always cough, he said. So when it finally came to hanging out with my friends, I did just that. And then sat in a room pretending to be stoned with these girls while watching Borat. Looking back, I realized how much of my sense of self I compromised by doing things like this. Spiritual practitioner and teacher Maryam Hasna speaks about this a lot. How you were as a child often shows up as an adult. In my case, and in a lot of people's cases, 
I had a tendency to choose attachment to others over being my most authentic self, choosing the need to fit in, even if it meant I wasn't being true to myself. I found that this pattern had extended from that one evening watching Borat as a teenager into my current life as an adult. I noticed it appeared in romantic relationships or with toxic friendships. And there's still certain aspects of myself I hide out of fear of others not liking me or thinking I'm being combative or difficult. And you might relate to this too. It can be easy to reel our authentic selves in and place filters on it. This can also happen a lot at work. You're navigating a tricky interpersonal environment where your financial security is dependent on you showing up and doing a good job and people liking you, blah, blah, blah. But let's say you go the other direction and overshare. You totally lose it in a meeting, get angry or cry or say too much about your personal life. It's a hard line to straddle. So how do we learn to be our whole selves at work while also protecting ourselves in situations where vulnerability might lead to regret or embarrassment? For me, the idea of having to be two separate people causes a lot of internal strife. Being one person at home and a different person while at work creates more stress and anxiety than the actual work does. Kind of like how you put certain clothes on for work versus lounging around the house. Only more intense. I mean, it can sometimes feel like you're putting on a whole new identity as you stroll into the office. This split self, so to speak, can come to head on Sundays when looking ahead at the work week. You might experience mental exhaustion when questions come up like, what parts of you are good and what parts are bad? What personality aspects do you show and what parts do you hide? It's important to remember that we're human beings first and our jobs and roles are secondary to that. At times, you can feel pressured to show up in a certain way and this can create internal stress. So what does it mean to show up as your whole self, authentically? without sacrificing your own personal threshold or oversharing. First, think back on times when you've overshared or seen others overshare. Learn from those times. Ask yourself how you felt and what was the reaction from others in that moment. This can help dictate where to draw boundaries when being yourself at work. Oftentimes, I'll check myself and see if I'm sharing and connecting from an authentic place or from a transactional space, sharing in order to get something or to prove something. And this doesn't feel too good, especially afterwards. Next, check in on the people at work that you feel you could be your authentic self with. Ask them how they're doing and see if they can reciprocate. When you check in with others, it can create a dialogue for how both of you really feel. And having that bond at work will give you both an outlet to be your authentic selves. Lastly, sometimes we fear some imaginary thing will happen if we're ourselves. Mindfulness can bring us back to the present moment instead of getting caught up with what could happen in this pretend future. So see if you can be aware of the judging mind that can lead us down a slippery slope of what if. Whether you're able to bring your full self to work or still deciding if it's safe to, 
I wanted to guide us in a compassion practice today to honor wherever you may find yourself. So take a moment to settle in, getting comfortable wherever you are. Eyes can be open or closed. And then taking some nice deep breaths here. Allowing the mind and body to arrive to this moment. Gently letting go with each breath. And then if you haven't already, returning the breath back to its natural rhythm and rate. And if you'd like, placing a hand on the heart and bringing an image of you into your mind's eye. It could be the you that exists right now or you as a child. And just gently reminding yourself that it's safe to be you now whatever that means for you. And just gently noticing what arises in the mind and body. Letting go of any storylines, any judgments. And just observing what's present in this moment. And then just letting that go, returning to the gentle sensation of the breath and the body, noticing any sounds around you in your space. And when you're ready, opening the eyes. Now, after my faux Cheech and Chong moment with my friends, I wish I could say that I learned from that one experience and began to be more authentic and true to myself. But it took years to cultivate this sense of safety with who I am. It definitely didn't happen overnight. It took time and practice. It took me really learning what being authentically me is and who I can share that with. Taking the time to define what authenticity is for you can help you navigate that definition at work and nudge you inside of your comfort zone. We can also be more authentic by using self-awareness, which will help us be more socially in tune, knowing how to read the room, as some might say, so that you avoid oversharing. Ask yourself, what energy am I feeling in this moment? Is it one where I can speak freely What's being asked of me right now? And does what I have to say contribute to the situation in a productive way? In Buddhism, right speech and right action are a part of the Eightfold Path, which are steps that can help us ease our suffering and lead us into liberation. These two steps in particular can help us to be more intentional and thoughtful with the way we speak and the way we act when around others. And finally, Show appreciation to coworkers who are authentically themselves. 
This creates a culture of authenticity and vulnerability at work, which is helpful for everyone, yourself included. All right. Thank you so much for checking in with yourself today. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>